0: Hey du, du hast keinen Plan, was du mit deinem Leben anfangen sollst, richtig? Ich auch nicht. Dabei sind wir die Generation mit den krassesten Möglichkeiten, die es jemals gab. Aber welchen Weg soll ich einschlagen oder was ist der richtige Job für mich? Ich, ich habe viele Träume und Ziele, aber wie kann ich sie erreichen? Wie kann ich 100% geben, meine Zeit wirklich auskosten und trotzdem eine Leichtigkeit behalten? Gibt es einen tieferen Sinn im Leben und jemanden da oben, der einen Plan für mein Leben hat? Eins steht jedenfalls fest. Ich will etwas Bedeutendes tun. Ich kann mehr als andere denken. Ich kann mehr als ich selbst denke. Ich will einen Unterschied machen. Ich will nicht nur auf dieser Welt leben. Ich will sie verändern. So, I have a topic for you. Change the world, but keep the ease. So this is a big, great mixture, change the world but keep the ease, don't be stressed, don't be overwhelmed. I don't know how you feel when you open up your news, maybe you have an app, maybe you watch on television, I don't know how you are updated of the news and I don't know how you feel when you see what's going on in our world. Maybe you are sometimes very overwhelmed, you see a lot of bad things are going on, inflation, war, bad decisions maybe from politicians, a lot of fights, and when you see this, it can overwhelm you, and you can think sometimes, I don't have the strength to change anything. I want to give up. I don't know how you feel, maybe you become very passive when you think about changing the world. Or you're getting very active. Even like a way of activism, when you say, I must do something, I have to help, and you are stressed as well. So the one guy who says to tonight, I'm overwhelmed, I'm passive, you are stressed. When you're very active and you try to help everybody and change the world, you could be stressed as well. And so the question is, how do we keep an easy way out here? Is our, uh, our weight not heavy? And so the point is how we see things. We can see the world in two different ways. First of all is, whoa, very dark. You see the news, you see your life, you see your country, or your home country, and you think about it's impossible. And you think, how could we do anything? The other way you could say, think about the world is like Jesus did. Jesus didn't have the thought that the need is your calling. Some people say the need is your calling. I would say to you, your need is, the need is not your calling. If the need would be your calling, then good night. Because you only have to go walk through Zurich and you see so many needs and if you should solve all the needs and this is your calling good night then you are overwhelmed and you must become depressive or something like this and it's a lie of the devil that you have to solve all the problems there is always already a messiah there's already a rescuer his name is Jesus and it's his task to save the world we can work with Jesus But some people are working much more for Jesus than with Jesus. So we think sometimes we have to solve it. What did Jesus do? He watched the world differently. Wow. It's like when you see the world through the eyes of God, through the love of God, you see things differently. For example, Jesus said, I can do nothing. I can do anything without the Father showing me. He said, only if the Father shows me, I will do something. But not when there's a need. I do nothing because I wait until the Holy Spirit talks to me. For example, his best friend, one of his best friends, Lazarus, he he was dying. And all the friends said, you have to go there. There's such a big need. When somebody is dying, it's the biggest need maybe you can ever have. And he said, no, it's not my time yet. I wait. For what? That my time will come. So he was relaxed even when his friend was dying. And the situation, my, a friend of mine, he was, I was a teacher, and he was a teacher too, and he called me one day, I was on holidays, and he said something very uh, sad happened. My, my uh, wife died during we had a bike trip. She fell from the bike, and he, she was suddenly dead. She had a heart problem, but nobody it, knew it before, and she was dead. He said, what should I do? I said, I don't know, I pray for you, I will call you back. And because I don't want to be like only active, I want to ask God first. I asked the Holy Spirit, should I go immediately to Germany? Should I fly back immediately? Because my friend needs help now. And the answer was, no, wait wait five days. I said, five days? That's a long time when somebody died. But because I tried to train it that I don't just immediately go, I wait for the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, I go in five days. Experience after the five days it was right the right moment for me to go there because in the last five days He had so many situation where he was struggling and fighting and he was on a point where he was so open for Jesus after five days When I came so you can have this different perspective, And I would say the need is not your calling but what God shows you in the need is your calling So it's a big difference. I want to explain to you because when you think And you believe the lie that you have to solve the problems, you have such a heavy weight on your shoulders, and you become the rescuer, and it's a lie of the devil. The other point why you can be overwhelmed is the theology, and the theology is, I would say, a perspective, a Christian perspective of the world, and it looks like this. Oh, we're living in the end time. It's bad. It's getting worse one day it's worst then we all die but then it's Jesus there and we live for eternity until then I wait Wow what a depressive passive theology it's oh I don't, I don't have words so it, you will do nothing because I think we are in end time I can't do anything if the, politi- the politicians decide something people say it's end time when it's getting something bad it's end time and So you're depressive and passive and it's not a great theology and in my Bible It's written when you have the signs of the end time you have to look up to the heaven and rejoice because Jesus will come In my Bible is written that there will be awakening and a lot of people will be saved right before Jesus will come in my Bible is telling you don't have to be afraid of anything and if the world will Go, die tomorrow, you can start today a business because God is always giving you new perspectives and plans. So the theology, theology can be overwhelming you and you're getting passive. And so I show you the picture of rain because when you think about rain, it could be positive. Especially right now when it's very warm, you think, oh, rain is something good, huh? It's great when, you, when it's raining. But the same rain could be threatened for you and you're afraid when you think about rain because it's dangerous. It's still water. But it looks differently. So, what is rain? The Bible is telling us we can find always a perspective that God is blessing us in every situation. And me, for what helps me a lot is the perspective. If the world is going crazy in a very special way, I recognize that God always wants to do the opposite. 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 You're so good in English. Opposite. <laughs> How? opposite opposite did you know that you're good in english very good okay what, I, what, I, what do i mean for example when you see in our society <clears throat> last uh, two years there's so many divisions is everywhere people are fighting we can fight in switzerland about the american president it's not our president we can, we can fight about it we can discuss in switzerland over a month about Donald Trump, it's not our president, but we can do it, and we can fight so hard that we don't talk with each other anymore. It's even not our president, but we can do it. We can fight about Corona, (laughs) vaccination. We are so good in fighting. Uh, Did you vaccinate yourself? Okay, I don't talk to you. You didn't, I don't talk to you. We can fight about vaccination. How hobbyless are we? We we can fight about everything. We can fight about homosexuality. We can fight about uh, Everything and we split our marriages. We split our families. We split our churches and we can fight 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 So if this is right now a situation division everywhere, what could be a target of God? The opposite is unity Maybe God wants to give unity in another uh, in another uh, point we never experience I think this is God's plan and the devil is afraid of it The Bible is telling us, when two or three come together in unity, everything is possible. What could be the most important task for the devil? Avoid unity. And use vaccination, Donald Trump, whoever. (laughs) It doesn't matter, you can take everything to divide people. And so, I'm so motivated because I say, I want to work with the Holy Spirit, what God is doing. I ask God, what are you doing right now? And he is creating unity everywhere. You don't see it in the news. For example, Christian, um, uh, some different churches in Germany, for example, they started to talk with each other the first time the last two years. My wife was uh, invited to different bishops from the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. And my wife once asked them, why I am here? I didn't study theology. I don't understand you when you talk. And why I'm here? I'm the only woman here. And they said, because you can bring something on the table nobody can bring. You bring an authentic Christianity, we want to learn more from you. Three years ago, it would have been impossible that a Catholic bishop, a Protestant bishop, and my wife would sit down at one table and talk about authentic Christianity. So unity is starting right now. Why I'm motivated? Because I see Jesus, I want to see through your eyes what you are doing. And I don't need the newspaper for it. I need the Bible for it, to ask what are you doing? The second thing, what is maybe the opposite of what God is doing is, the church seems to be plucked the last two years. So very a lot of Christians getting passive in their Christianity. Maybe you as well. Maybe, maybe you recognized you go to church, but before Corona, we were, we were you were more active. And I would say, God is doing right now amazing things. Because through Corona, we learned a lot of things about online church, micro churches and we reach more people than ever through ICF church. And it's like an awakening moment. For example, in Munich we had a marriage conference, it's called Amore, Italian, Amore. And uh, a few years ago we only had the room, yeah? uh, some hundreds people. This online church, we have thousands of couples who were watching online the conference. A lot of non-Christians were saved through a marriage conference. By watching on television or on the web what's going on so God is doing great things and I think we have to learn first of all we stop thinking the lie that we have to rescue the world we have already a Messiah and we we stop believing in a depressive passive theology where we wait for some day that Jesus will come back maybe he come back tomorrow then we have fun maybe he come back in a thousand years then we will be, we'll be uh, honest, and we will be uh, in the little. Uh, what is the word? Faithful. You're good in English. Faithful with the little. Okay. I want to show you a different perspective of your life right now, because I think we have the best preconditions of all time if we read if we live right right now. What does it mean? This. Generation, when we live today, we have so many possibilities. And I think if a former generation who has died already would be today on this stage, they will all ask us or tell us, if I would have your possibilities, I would have done whatever. If I would have your possibilities, I would. What do I mean? For example, when you, if you're a woman today, and only it's not so long ago that women weren't allowed to study. So if I, would, could, if I could bring a woman from 200 years ago on this stage, she would, would talk to every woman in this room and would say, "If I would have had your possibilities, I had." For example, when you live today, uh, you have so many communication possibilities. It's not long time ago we had pay phones, yeah, pay phones amazing, and, the, and we have like we had to wait weeks for mails, you know, now we have digital communication. So what would have said somebody on this stage who would live 50 years ago? He would say if I would have your, would have had your possibilities, I had. So I think we have so many possibilities or another, you can start like a personal TV station on YouTube. You can bring the message to the people. So for example, as somebody who 100 years ago would stand on this stage and he would ask you, "You have the possibility to talk in the Internet to millions of people and tell the gospel, uh, "Do you do this?" We would say, "No. Why? We are afraid. What? <laughs> if I would have had your possibilities 200 years ago, I would have done this and this and this. I think we have so many possibilities when we re- live right now. And so, we ha- as well, we have a body, a body of superlative. It can do so great things, so many things. And I want to tell you some things. After eight weeks, your eyes, mouth, nose, and ears develop. They helped you to take in tens of millions of stimuli in your environment at the same time. Thousands of processes in the body with 100 trillion microscopic individual parts, fantastically coordinated and attuned to each other. You have boundless learning possibilities. You have imagination. You have creativity. You have limited resources in your brain. So how much do we use it? I have a, a psalm for you, Psalm 90. It's my most favorite psalm. Teach us the number of our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, because we will die. So because we recognize that our life is short, we can get wise and say we want to use our lives. How can we do this? I think every generation in this room has a different part, a different way to see the world. I have some ideas for you. If you are the grandparents' uh, generation... The most important goal was security, to be secure, because after the war, the most important thing was for this generation to be secure, have security. Then my parents' situation was the most important thing is performance, to reach goals. And the young generation in this room has a new way to live and a new goal is to be, have luck or to be happy. So. The good thing is the Bible is telling us you can have much more than security in your life. You can reach much more than performance and you can live much further than to be lucky or have luck. There's much more possible in your life, in my life. Imagine if the great people of the history would have the goal in their life to, be, to have luck. For example, Martin Luther King. If he would said, the most important thing in my life is to be happy. I want to live a life I just need luck then you would not know him nobody in this room would know Martin Luther King if you said my goal is to be lucky he said my goal is not to be lucky my goal is to be faithful what God is telling me and I will do it it doesn't matter what it costs so he was a real influencer and you have a stage I don't know what your influence stage is but how do you use it you can use it for God's Goals are for you. I have a small video for you, inspiring video. I think we have to think bigger of our lives and what God wants to do in our lives. Wir brauchen innovative Forscher, die Technologien für die Zukunft konzipieren. Wir brauchen Menschen, die unsere Gesellschaft so beeinflussen, dass wir nachhaltig und fair mit den Ressourcen umgehen können. Es braucht helle Köpfe, die bei Social Media verantwortungsbewusst Entscheidungen treffen, damit diese Plattformen einen positiven Einfluss auf die Menschen haben. Persönlichkeiten mit Herz, die in der Justiz für Gerechtigkeit sorgen. Nicht zu vergessen, Mütter und Väter, die sich in unsere zukünftige Generation investieren, sowie engagierte Lehrer, die junge Leute für Bildung begeistert und Begabungen in den verschiedensten Bereichen fördern. Menschen in Gemeinden, die aus Religion keine moralischen Regelwerke machen, sondern den Frieden, die Liebe und die Wahrheit in verständlichen Worten weitergeben können. Wir brauchen Personen, die Ideen haben, wie Senioren wieder mehr als nur Rentner sein können. Wir benötigen kreative, leidenschaftliche Menschen in allen Bereichen der Kunst, die dafür sorgen, dass diese Welt nicht nur funktioniert, sondern auch wunderschön wird und Freude macht. What do you think? Yes? No? Good idea? Not good idea? Bad? Good? Super. Okay, super. I think it's super too. But how do I find my place in all the things God wants to do? If I'm not a rescuer, if I don't don't have a passive depressive theology, how do I act in my daily life? And think, first of all, I can uh, find out what are the gifts in my life. And I think the church is one of the best places for you. To ask, how can I train things? How can I try things? Because you grew up up in a special way. It doesn't matter how old are you. You know some things you can do, but a lot of things you don't know that you can do it. I have had experience with the ISIF Movement team. We have been in the mountains in Switzerland in the wintertime, and I have a picture for you. And uh, on the right side, you see Pastor Leo and some other... People. So, and what did we do? We were on the uh, on in a small house. We had like a fondue, fondue uh, cheese fondue, fondue, fondue. Yes. And before we we ate, uh, a guy came to us. He said, "If you want to use the sledge to drive down the uh, hill, I explain you where to go." And I don't know if you know the situation. Everybody in the group thought another one would have listened, but nobody, nobody listened. Where's the way, where to go down? Everybody thought the other will listen, you know? Then it was very late in the night and uh, the restroom was closing on the mountain and we went out and I asked, where should we go down? Silence. I don't know. Did you listen? I don't know. Did you listen? I don't know. Why don't we take the way, like the skiing way to go down, like the big skiing... uh, uh, way you know, and it was very cold. It was very icy. I thought maybe it's not a good idea, but we can do it, you know. And there was Yubica. I don't know if you know Jubiki's is your movement team, and she's from the Netherlands. And she said, "How do I use a sledge?" And I'm from Bavaria. I thought it's a joke. Yeah, I don't know anybody who doesn't know how to use a sledge. You know how to make curves, how to slow down, how to make the brake. I did. I thought it's a it's a joke, you know. So I didn't answer. I found out it was not a joke, but we started. First we started and I recognized, oh, it's really, really icy. It's really tough. And I was so happy that I grew up in Bavaria. I know too how to make curves. I know how to break, you know? And it was really tough. And after a few seconds, week came like, Vroom! and I said, Joviki said, I said to you, I don't know how to slack. <laughs> So, oh, 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 I start praying, you know, because so it was really dangerous. I was driving faster and faster, and then she went down, and she went in the, in the, in the deep snow, and she was like, mm-hmm. she was red in her face when she came out of the deep snow. She said, I said to you, I don't know how to sledge. I said, it, I thought it was a joke. She said, how do you think it was a joke? I will grew up in Netherlands. There are the dunes and the oceans. Do you think there are snow? I never was on a sledge. I said, okay, you're right, I understand. now. but you have to see it different way. Now you know you are a fast sledge driver, you know? <laughs> it's a gift, you know? You were so fast, <laughs> it's so funny. I thought it was funny, but it was not funny. But then we recognized it's good to try something new, you know? If you grow up in Netherlands, you don't know if you're good in fast and sledging. So it's important to try things And I have a Bible verse for you. It's in Exodus 31. I want to read it to you because it's very interesting what God is telling us here. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Ohaliab, son of asiamak if you need new names for children, maybe you can use this, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Very interesting is in this text that God is telling here, he gave these gifts. And then they are not like worship gifts or preaching gifts. They are Arctic gifts. They gifts gifts to work with the hands and god said i gave these gifts and how do you find out how god wants to use it use you you can find out what is very easy for you and you don't recognize your gifts because it's so easy for you for example i have a friend he's very good very good cook you know and when he's doing barbecue he, do, he does it totally different than i do it when i start barbecuing uh, and i have uh, very expensive meat I watch online, if I have a three centimeter of, uh, piece of meat, I watch how many minutes do I have to put it on one side on the other side, you know? Do you do the same? Minutes? No? I do with minutes because I have a little bit of stress. It's a very expensive, this meat, and I to have to do it well. So my friend, if, he, if he's on the barbecue, he said to me, I don't need time. Why? I feel it. What? I just feel it, it's easy. I said, I don't feel anything. (laughs) I feel how it feels after I have eaten the meat, but I don't feel anything. I just feel it, it's easy. I said, it's not easy, it's not easy, it's your gift. He's cooking like an artist, you know? know, Now it's enough and it's great and it always tastes so amazing because it's his gift. Or, for example, the brother of my mother, no, not for mother brother of my wife his brother-in-law. He has the gift He's like a handyman, you know, and in the family of my wife all the men all the male men's are handymans. and I am not a handyman at all, you know, they're like Bob the Builder, you know Bob the Builder <laughs> All the male people in the, my wife's family are like Bob the Builder and I'm, I'm anti Bob Builder I, I don't I don't know how to do it like with my hands. I'm totally stressed. I have Oh, I'm sweating I need a sabbatical after something I work with my hands and so when we were new in our marriage my wife was very stressed because she thought the man should work and the man should repair the things in the house I always said to my wife there are people who earn money with this and I can call them they can come and I give them money and then they do it and my uh, brother-in-law he, he, he said Maybe I give you a gift to your birthday. It's like for one day you can decide whatever you want in your house. I, want to, I will fix it. And he said, but it's not a real present because it's easy. I said, don't say this anymore in front of my wife, please. <laughs> it's not easy. I'm totally burnt out. I can't do it. And then, since then, he always gives me the same present. Every year for my birthday, it's... He said i'll come one day and since then my marriage is saved you know <laughs> my wife is happy i'm happy as well but it's a gift you know and when you say it's easy for you ask your friends if everybody thinks it's easy if not it's your gift and then ask god how you can use it first peter is each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of god's grace in its various forms so the question is, if you find out your gift, you find out your strength, you can ask God, what sets you into vibration? What is, when what, what you say it's really intense for me when I think about it. it, and I don't think it's a car, you know, you can say my goal is to earn enough money to buy this car, but I think it's much more God wants to show you. If you're open and if you're Try to find out, I want to show you in my life, that it's good to go step by step to find it out. Because I recognize when I look back, I did a lot of experience with my gifts, and now I'm standing where I'm standing. So I'm starting, uh, I was a teenager and I was a punk. It means I had different hair colors, and I was against everything. Against religion, against the state, against my family, against everybody. I was a punk, you know. And then a few years later, I was 19, and I thought about what could be a good profession for me. And I thought I will work as an animateur uh, in a hotel. I thought this is the best job ever. You get brown during your working, you know, uh, you get to know a lot of ladies and you play tennis the whole day. I thought it's the best job ever for me. So I was a punk, I had a new interest. I want to start at the animateur in a hotel. But then I recognized it's maybe it's not the best idea because I was saved in this time and I thought about maybe there are better jobs than only to get brown and to get to know women. And so I decided to start a youth work and this youth work was in a, in a parking garage we decided to make a late night show because I thought I'm funny, I'm a punk, I find new ways I'm like an animateur, we make like a late night show. But somebody else should preach because I can't preach. So I show you a small video of our first late night show. So we started a late night show and I thought, this is great. And then I was on a mission trip. On the mission trip, my leader said, this time you will preach. I thought, I don't preach. I make the late night show. I make the funny part. Somebody else would preach, I can't preach. He said, no, you preach right now. And I preached the first time and I recognized I love to teach the word of God. And I have a teaching gift. I didn't know that before this situation. And after that, I decided I want to become a teacher. Because a teacher is a mixture between a punk and an animateur <laughs> and, you know. And then a few years later, we started the church. What are we doing right now? I'm working with guys like you. <laughs> yeah, very creative people. It's like still a little bit of animateur, still a little bit of teaching, still a little bit of being a punk They' go different ways in the church environment. So, step by step we find i find out what god has on his heart for me and how he can use me and so i want to invite you that you pre- dream big but you act small i want to end with this thought because you can think about how god wants to use you you can find out your gifts maybe in this church but the most important thing is how you do the things you do you can work in a cafe you can work on a University, it doesn't matter where you are, but how you do things, it's not. It's very important. And God tells us the way we do it, it should be with love. God is telling us in 1 Corinthians 3, you can read it at home, verse 11 until 15, he said, we start building on the foundation of Jesus, and it's very important that you build your life on this foundation with love. Otherwise, when the moment when you stand in front of God, there will be like this judging situation, and we will find out on which foundation I built it up my life. And the most important question is: did I, build, did, did I build my life on love or not? Do I love people? Do I love God? Can He show me where He wants to use me? And I want to pray with us this evening. Maybe you have to get free of this pressure in your life that you have so many needs around you. Maybe you ask God that he will show you the small steps in your life he wants to use you. Maybe you repent and say, I'm sorry God, I believe the lie that I have to rescue people. I have to rescue uh, people around me and uh, the needs uh, was, uh, were overwhelmed me. Maybe you say, I want to see the world through your classes. What do you see in my environment, in my family? And I will be faithful in a small thing. So I ask you to close your eyes and open your heart. And Holy Spirit, I ask you right now that you speak in the silence to us, that you show us what's on your heart. What does this message mean for us? Show it in our imagination, in our thoughts, in our feelings. We want to be silent and wait what you tell us. Thank you, Father, that you will lead us to be people who follow your example. You said, I can do nothing. I can only do things if the Father shows me something. We want to see the uh, world through your eyes, our families through your eyes. You want to be faithful in small things. And I thank you that you release all the heaviness from our shoulders. And we want to have this worship time right now to say, here we are, we give you our heart, we give you you everything we are, that you can use us, that you can show us your perspective. Hey, thanks for watching.